Hi, Creepsters. I'm Barry Marino. And I'm Philip Landry. This is Open Shutters. Scary ghost, creepy serial killers, all things that go bump in the night. Enjoy the view from the open shutters. <laughs> hey, Philip, what's up? How you doing today? Well, at least we dry now. Yeah, we were just calling a storm. <laughs> oh, was that a storm or was that a storm? I felt like it was in the middle of a hurricane. And we had to go, we were on the West Bank. Oh my goodness. Yeah, we went to a movie. We went and saw, what was that movie? The Raya and the Last Dragon? Is that the name of it? Yeah, Raya and the Last Dragon. Yeah, and, and it's something that's actually on HBO Plus now. But we had to go see the movie in the Disney Plus. Plus. Disney Plus. Disney Plus, that's right. Yeah, some of them are on HBO. But we had to go see it in the theater because we had to experience it in AMC Prime. It yeah. was good. It was, it was good. really good. We, I don't know. Now, there's nothing like the movie theater experience. I hope that we don't lose our movie theaters. I really mm, do. Hopefully not. Yeah. But it got a little scary going across that bridge, didn't oh, it? Oh, that was something else. <laughs> With the we have a Walmart nightmare this week. We just have a driving and the... <clears throat> Driving the West Bank to Gentilly Nightmare. <laughs> uh, so anyway, what's that? What else is going on? So what? What you been watching? Well, I'm a, I watched the third episode. There's one more episode of Allen versus Pharaoh about the um, Woody Allen Mia Pharaoh thing. You remember that years ago when he um, more or less dumped her for her adoptive daughter Sue Lee, who's now oh, like yeah. 50 years old and has grown children with Woody Allen, yeah. and. Um, there's another daughter who is uh, who says that Woody Allen molested her, and I don't want to give away too many. I wouldn't want to give away too many um, um, spoilers, but I have already come to the conclusion that he's guilty, and I got some flack on Facebook for some of his fans. How could I desecrate such a comic genius? Be honest with you, I got to tell you the truth. I never really cared for Woody. I found his persona to be whiny and annoying. I never really thought he was funny. And I found his movies to be, like, over, really, really overrated and pretentious. How do you feel about Woody Allen? Ugh, I don't know. I mean, there's, there's, overall, I mean, I don't know if I could really, I'm all about his movies. But, well, I mean, usually I'm a, not saying he didn't contribute certain things to filmmaking. I'll, yes, he you know, did. A little here and there, you know. There's some things that he has contributed to. But if you look at some of his really classic movies, like Annie Hall, it's not him that makes the movie good. It's a Diane Keaton. It's Diane it's Keaton. Good. It's Diane Keaton's movie. Diane Keaton's the one that deserved that and she's Oscar. The one who, yeah, and she won the Oscar for it. And if you look at some of the, like Hannah and her sisters, it's the women in that movie. It's Mia Farrow and Barbara Hershey and Diane Weist, who we'll be talking about in a little while in another movie, right. that made that movie. And Michael Caine. Woody Allen was, you know... And the same thing with uh, Bullets Over Broadway. It was John Cusack and Meg, uh, not Meg Tilly, uh, Jennifer Tilly and Diane Weist again who really made that movie. Woody Allen was right. just secondary in that. So I never really, I always found it. But one thing I did admire about him is that he'd be willing to take a supporting role to let the other actors shine. And not a whole lot of directors And a lot of the stuff that. If, if he supposedly got away with back then that's being talked about now 
if he were to be a director nowadays trying to get he wouldn't have got away. He no. would no no. That 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 in the Me Too era, whatever would have been it would have been out there. Okay? Yeah, and you know it's like um what's the name? Um what's that going on with the Joss Wheaton and how he mistreated a lot of the Buffy cast and everything like that. A lot of this stuff is coming out. It's not only sexual harassment, it's just pretty much being an asshole. Yeah. It's, it's, it's going out of style now. And, you know, it's a, but, but people will defend. I know these people will defend someone. When a celeb, there's a celebrity crime, they will defend or retract. It, it depends on whether they like the person or not. Like, okay, I remember during the OJ stuff, whether or not he was guilty was split among the races. Oh, they had some black people that believed he was guilty, and they had some white people that believed he was innocent. But usually, but basically it was split among the races. I love my mom dearly, but she really and truly thought that OJ was guilty of sin. Yet, you remember Robert Blake was in the restaurant, you know, Robert Blake, the actor that was Beretta and in Cold Blood. He left his wife, he went back in a restaurant to get something and left his wife sitting in the car and somebody came and shot her. Mm. Well, he was arrested and he wound up being acquitted. But my mom was sure he was innocent. I said, why is he innocent? Is it because he's Italian and you liked his TV show? You think he's innocent? <laughs> you know, he's an Italian think other Italians can do no wrong. Where did they get that idea? And, it, <laughs> and you know, it's like... Um, yeah, it's what's true. I mean, I am saying it because I am of Italian descent. You can say it. So I can say it all I want. Just like black people can use the N-word, I can say that. All right now. Uh, uh, but anyway, um, and it's the same thing with Woody Allen. I get these, like, and it's mostly these kind of snooty, overly theatrical people I know from the theater that are all, ooh, how can you desecrate such a, an artist? I want more, and, and, and people are like that. They get a little bit full of themselves, I find, sometimes. I was doing Our Town around the time Rue McClanahan died, and there was an actress in there, an older actress. I'm not going to mention her name or anything. And when I was mentioned that Rue McClanahan died, she was all snooty about it because Rue McClanahan wasn't a real actress. She was a sitcom star. She wasn't a real actress like her. I said, well, you know, if you're such a great actress, why are you doing community theater and she's on TV. Mm. You know? And little did she know is that Rue McClanahan's background was in the theater. And she was a big supporter of the theater in Williamstown where my late husband's mother worked. And she said she met Rue McClanahan and she, the way she described it, she said she was a real lady. She said she wasn't like that woman she plays on TV. Oh, goodness. <laughs> so anyway, uh, Well, what, what other things did you get to watch before? I mean, I know it was a show we want to talk about. But what else did you talk get to watch other than that? Well, I saw some ghost stories. Cause we, we, well, no, no, I'm the, one, I'm the one that got to watch ghost stories. I saw too. some, too. No, 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 no. The thing's called ghost stories. Oh, okay. That's why I have to read. Because I know it's uh, basically it was this anthology thing. It's been on Netflix for a little while. It's like about a two-hour thing, but it's actually four different uh, films oh. by different Indian directors, like from India. Oh, like different. I didn't see that. And that they sounds each, good. And they really, it's interesting to have this kind of no, I was watching Indian ghost hunters. That's perspective right. coming out of, you know, I mean, because most of the people, when they know about Indian movies, they're thinking, oh, Bollywood, this, that, and the other, and it's just so cool to see that horror perspective out of India. Yeah. And I was I was intrigued by it. I was I was I really really enjoyed it. I mean, now you got to be. Willing. Well, I have to watch that one and uh, give my take on it when we when we. Yeah, do yeah. Our I don't want to say anything. Episode. Yeah, it's it's kind of interesting. 
Uh, and, the, and what are the other things that y'all were kind of watching? Well, we've been watching, you know, Mr. Mercedes. It was on a, a network called Audience. It was only available to people with DirecTV. And I had had the DirecTV streaming app at the time of the first season. So I saw the first season before. But now I'm now it's on Peacock and it's coming on Sci-Fi Channel also. And uh, I got to see the second season. It's based on the Stephen King novel. It's actually a Stephen King trilogy. The movie, the books were um, Mr. Mercedes, the, um, what's it, Finders Keepers, and End of Watch. And it's, uh, it's the, the main protagonist is a retired detective named Bill Hodges. And he's played by Brendan Gleeson, you know, from... Um, the Harry Potter movies. Yeah. And uh, it's uh, about a, uh, and the villain stole a Mercedes and it's set in, in right, right around the time of the, the great recession, 2008 recession. Oh, okay. And they're having a job fair at this place in, in, in this little small town in Ohio. And these people are getting up in the middle of the night to be in line for this job fair. Cause that's how bad jobs were. And he steals a Mercedes and, and just mows them all down. Hmm. And Hodges and this guy they have they developed he starts he starts tormenting him like online and everything. Oh my! And then the second season, well, there's you know I have I'd have to give you spoilers to tell you second. Season. The third season is an unrelated story. It's kind of related, but it's a new story. And <laughs> Kate Mulgrew, you know her, huh? From um, Orange Is the New Black and Star Trek. Yeah. Which Star Trek? Uh, she was a captain. Well, she plays a deliciously evil woman she's she's she plays a kathy bates character you got to see this you got to enjoy you got to see okay well no spoilers i'm not giving you any spoilers but that's all i can tell you about kate so let well let's now really talk about the show that a lot of people are talking about that is really pertinent to this month of us where we're really looking at mental health and looking at things that can happen and and I care a lot. Oh my! What what did you think? That scared the hell out of me because I am getting to be of a certain age, and it's about this woman who, somehow or another, with the help of an unscrupulous doctor, gets these otherwise healthy, older people, in their like late sixties to eighties, and has herself has a judge goes to court with the doctor and tells him that she can't he or she can't take care of themselves and she has a judge named her guardian she takes she goes to their house puts them in an assisted living home and sells all their, their merchandise and keeps the money sell all their merchandise all their, their property all their, their assets their house everything because she's a garden she can do that and I'm scary can is that can that really happen there uh, it's possible. I mean, I know it was fiction, but there is some there is some crazy shit that that, that is happening. I mean, we're not getting any spoilers. Please go watch the movie. It's it will it will throw your mind for a loop. Okay? And Rosamund Pike does a, a yeah. She's really you really and truly you want to take you want to reach into the TV and strangle this bitch. But <laughs> people are like, oh, could that doctor really do something? Well, I'm I'm about to get real because we were talking about mental health. We're talking yeah. about asylums this month. Actually, I. Back in December, ended up in an acute facility for something very minor, an acute psychiatric facility. Yeah, I will, um, unless as a remember, you were out that week. Yeah, uh, I actually went to the hospital for a physical ailment, 
which the physical ailment, which was a urinary tract, and I'm going to get real honest, the urinary tract infection yeah. was actually found by the urine, urine and all. They, they, they were able to find that out, okay? I was trying to be honest about everything, including being honest about everything I might have done with medication, having being just trying to go through everything, the possibilities of what could happen that might have caused the physical problem. They misconstrued one small thing that I said trying to get something treated, and they sent me off to an acute facility for psychiatric while I'm suffering through UTI. Oh, after the whole, oh, man. after the coroner hold was over, based off of whatever they did paperwork wise, <clears throat> after that was over, the psychiatrist knew there was nothing really wrong with me, and they had no real reason, but they wanted to keep me for a few extra days for observation. What I found out was there were people leaving out of the facility that needed to be there more than I. That were having like severe addictions and things like that. Yeah. They were being kicked out like two to three days after being in there because uh, they didn't have the insurance. Yeah. Unlike me, they're like, "Ooh, we see the insurance. Let's Especially build. Let's if you see have how the Medicaid much, expansion. Let's see how much this insurance we can bill for this." And so they got the maximum out of it and kept me for extra days, knowing that I didn't need to be there. Well, I am glad you're making this public because... Oh, I'm making it public because this shit happens. The things that scare me about this type of thing is, okay, I'm a klutz. I've been a klutz since I was a child. I fall, I trip. I sometimes don't look where I'm going and I trip on things. So I had a few falls the last few months, because mainly because I tripped over something or I wasn't watching where I was going and it was a step I didn't see. or You know how the steps outside our house on the side are kind of weird, and they, they, they like not a whole step, and I stepped in, and I fell. That's how I fell and broke my finger. I mentioned it to my nurse practitioner, and now she has that on my medical record, that I fall frequently. Well, yeah, you got to be careful And that can be used them. against me, so that could be used like I'm a danger to myself or something. If, if, if she wanted to go into, co- into cahoots with an unscrupulous person like the woman in that movie... Well... I mean, I don't have any assets for them to sell, but they could do, like you said, to build the insurance. But just to build the insurance. And take my social security. But we're talking about they are setting up. I mean, honestly, I can't mention the name of the hospital on air, but karma's a bitch. And I'll be honest, I hope it comes, finds its way. <laughs> yeah, that's- I'll leave it at that. And anyone that doesn't like that I said that, so be it. Well, it is. It was wrong what's done. And the things that I saw that were happening in that facility, including during COVID, they weren't following any procedures. And the second the health board showed up, then they made everybody put a damn mask on. So let me get real honest about that shit, too. Well, I'm going to tell you a little story about what's going on in my family right now. I have a cousin who's a year older than me. And uh, she's. Uh, she's. Um, she struggled with substance abuse since she was a young woman. And um, it's done things to her brain. It's made her, uh, yeah, you know, she, she has dementia and other different, a lot, she, she's in very, very poor health now, even though she's not really that old. And I was talking to her sister and she said the facility she was in, she was getting raped. 
Mm. They weren't they weren't taken care of her. You know, she she has trouble taking care of herself. They were leaving her in her own feces and all these horrible things. I said, well, they, why can't they do anything about this? Why is there not more to protect elderly and people who are, who, you know, pe- handicapped people or people who have these kind of problems? And then you'll have these folks who say, you know, well, she was she was a drug addict, so she got what she deserved. Nobody deserves to be in the, in, in, stuck in the facility being raped and laying in their own poop. I don't care what they did, you know, and, and and I just find that to be really, really, I don't know, I, I, I just, it scares me as I'm getting older that people are going to, um, that anybody can do this to a person, that anybody can just throw somebody in the nursing home, and I mean, the, the, the character she threw in the nursing home was played by Diane Weist, yeah. I'm not going to say too much about her, but then we were just talking about her, but... The woman, it was perfectly, she was driving and everything. She was perfectly in, and then once you get in there and you try to tell them you're not insane, they don't believe you. No. Because they. Well, and that's, that's the thing. I mean, I am not denouncing that I have mental health problems, but I was dealing with a physical health problem that got turned into but you, mental But you and take actually, care of yourself. Fine. Actually, that environment is the worst possible thing I actually do deal, I'll be getting real since we're talking about all this, I actually do deal with some social anxiety, some agoraphobia. I seem, it seems weird because I'm sitting behind a mic and it seems like, oh, wow, well, I seem social, but I'm with close friends that I know and I'm not around a crowd of people right now. And uh, if, we, if, if we go in the direction I think we go in, we may be going to some conventions. Well, the, good, you see that well the good part is I had some medication changes because of all this that I personally had to do, not because of the doctors. And I will say what I'm now on. I decided to go ahead and go on Amazon and I ordered hemp seed um, oil gummy bears. There's no THC, just CBD. And it's not perfect, but it's helping without all the crazy mm-hmm. side effects. Yeah. Actually, it has some positive side effects. <laughs> we'll get into those. <laughs> so what else is going on? Um, in the world? Let's. I mean, yeah. So we're going to be talking a lot about mental health care. We're going to get into that. That's a lot about what today is about, anyway. Or later in our show, well, our whole series is about our that. whole series on that yeah. tonight is really about that. Um, let's talk about some things um, going on with the news. Uh, we 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 live in the here and now, and we can't not make mention of what has been uh, going on. Uh, the shootings in Atlanta yeah. at the different spas and the eight women who have um, lost their lives. Asian women. These are those spas that are kind of uh, massage parlor yeah. kind of thing. And, yeah. and, and I'm going to mention, I don't even do over insane amount of pop, but I do want to mention on behalf of the victims this was a hate crime. The guy claims it wasn't, but this is why I'm going to claim that it is. Where he couldn't. The actual um, suspect, uh, perpetrator, whatever, terrorist, whatever you want to call him. Um, murderer. Murder. Well, well not terrorist, but what he did. Um, mass murderer. Mass murderer, yeah. Uh, he planned to continue to go into Florida. He was hoping to continue on. So it was throughout, I, I know I'm saying Atlanta, but it was actually parts outside of Atlanta, all through Georgia, and he was making plans to even go into Florida and continue the spree, the killing spree. So the thing is, all the victims were Asian women. Um, He claims the reason he did it was because he had 
a sexual addiction and he claimed that these places didn't help his sexual addiction and so he targeted these women and saw them as this object well that's a hate crime because you hated the fact that they were women and specifically they were all asian women a specific type so you have committed a hate crime well just the fact that he saw himself as killing prostitutes because it, it added to his sexual addiction. That which, is a hate crime. Which, if anyone knows anything, that actually lends into an old stereotypical trope that was used by society, which was really wrong. That, that it goes back. Well, that's what so many serial killers so target people, sex workers. Not that so much the girls in the massage parlors, but the girls, the, the girls on the street. You know, like the Green River Killer and, and, and a lot of the serial killers like that. Because they feel as though they, they, nobody cares about them. But, but he acts yeah. as if it wasn't a hate crime. No, it is. Because you hated two facts. You specifically turned them because they were this particular kind of woman, an Asian woman. So you did target that. And you also did target them as a woman. So you, there is this hate that it you're is, drawing. Yes, it's a misogynist thing, and that's yeah, hate. Yeah, so it's hate. But I know you see, it's like his sex addiction is his problem. That's not those women's problem. They just make no, a living. They're not. it's not their problem. No. That's his problem. He has to deal with that. He, if he, if he's, he can't get rid of his sex addiction, maybe he needs to kill his therapist. Or himself. That would have been even better. Uh, so yeah, his, his, that, uh, people are going to be, and who, and who knows, I mean, I'm sure people will be talking a lot more about that down the road. I'm sure plenty of people will have more to say, but, I wanted to at least say our, our hearts and go out to the families of each of those victims, those women that have that have passed. Yeah, on. yeah, My, me too. It's yeah. got to stop. It's got to stop. Uh, Want to mention about vaccines as another yes. thing? I encourage you it, um, if if you're thinking about it or want to get, go go get it as soon as it's your turn. I actually just had my second dose on Monday. Barry, you're supposed to get yours, what, next week? I get my second dose on the 25th of, uh, of March, which we're recording this on, uh, what is it? On 17th. the 17th. We're recording this on St. Patty's Day. Yeah. But uh, the most of the general public won't hear this. We're not publishing it publicly until Sunday the 21st, and we're going to talk more about that later. And if you're an anti-vaxxer, I really don't care. Because so, <laughs> I'm not your crowd, bitch. You can take that personal as you want. I don't care either. And I'm enjoying all my fucking nanobots, okay? <laughs> and my 5G service. So let's see. What we <laughs> that was a joke, people. I'm okay. actually doing quite well. What is next on our list? Um, you got some obits for us, don't you? We do. We have some obits. We're going to start with, we have, we have a few people die this in between. We didn't have a episode last week because I had a cold and you had, what was I had an eye infection. You had an eye infection. I've had, the, I've had the winter of infections. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> so our, our first obit is going to be Gil Rogers, who was a soap opera actor. He played... He was on shows like All My Children, where he played the villain Ray Gardner. But I think that when he is most known for the role of Hawk Shane, who was the father of Reva Shane. You know who she was, Kim Zimmer from The Guiding Light, Reva oh, Shane. Oh, gosh, yes, You know the one that danced on the, the, the Slut of Springfield? She, oh, God. She, Lord, she baptized Lord. herself the Slut of Springfield in a fountain. Oh, no, honey. Where he played her father on there, and it, it, he was... 
She said that he was a darling. She said that she just loved him dearly. And look at this picture of the two of them together on stage. Can't you just see that there's real love oh. between these two people, that she actually sees him as a dad? So, um, yeah, uh, Gil was, um, how old was he, it says here? 87. He's 87 years old. So rest in peace, Gil Rogers, a.k.a. Hawk Shane. You'll always be Hawk Shane to me. Yes, indeed. Who uh, else you got? Who else? So was? I have also I have a well, a low, uh, another actor who uh, was uh, his name is Yafa Kato. He was um, he was an African American actor. He was uh, he was an alien, and he was in several other films in the seventies. He was a big star of some of the black exploitation films. Remember those movies? Are you heard oh, yeah. of them? I know you you weren't around when they were. I wasn't words around, but I, mean, I had you know like Foxy Brown and that kind of thing. Oh, yes, but he he was the the role he was the most known for was in James Bond, um, Live and Let Die. He was the villain, and it was Roger Moore's first James Bond film, and he was the film, and it was filmed partially here in New Orleans. Hmm. It had a New Orleans storyline. There was even a. Funeral, you know, jazz funeral scene. They like, I can't want to give you spoilers if you haven't seen the movie, but it's behind a, um, it, it's in front of a restaurant they call Filet of Soul, which is actually where Harry's Corner is now. Yeah, on well, I know what that's like, yes. Yeah, and so yeah, so he was eighty-one, Yafakado. Okay, we're gonna go with it. We have a local here now. Um, it's um, his name is uh, Samuel Joseph Serenigla. He was a uh, Bar and restaurant owner here in New Orleans, somewhat of a local legend. He owned clubs like Lucky Pierre's. You've heard of Lucky Pierre's, I don't think. Yeah. Lucky Pierre's actually got to be known for having, and one of the things is Faye Dunaway, you know, Mommy Dearest, Bonnie and Clyde. They arrested her in there thinking she was a hooker because she was in here by herself. <laughs> And then Fat Harry's, which is still around, and Friar Tucks, both of those were like college kid uh, places. And the Civic Theater discotheque. Do you know the Civic Theater? It was a movie theater, it was a stage theater, and it was a discotheque in the late 70s. So um, the Samuel, Samuel Joseph I totally missed my was... I missed my chance on the discotheque. 81 years old. Yeah, you missed the disco era. All right, now, last one. I, I, I saved this one for last because it kind of goes in with our theme of true crime. It's Ronald DeFeo, who is the killer that inspired Amityville Horror. He died at 69 years old. In 1974, DeFeo used a rifle to kill his father, Ronald DeFeo Sr., his mother, Louise, his two sisters, Dawn and Allison, his two brothers, Mark and John Matthew, and all six victims were found in their beds in the family's home of Amityville on the south shore of Long Island on November 13, 1934, and he was convicted of six mm. counts of second-degree murder. Now, later, a family moved into this house and claimed they saw all kinds of paranormal activity. It's considered one of the most and haunted And it was places. made two movies, well, the two, the two Amityville Horror movies based on the book, the Amityville Horror, uh, was uh, the first one was with James Brolin and Margot Kidder, and the second one was with um, was it Ryan Reynolds? One of the Ryans. I'm, I can't remember which one. But anyway, um, in 1992, he claimed that they had pursued the, the insanity uh, case 
against his wishes, and he that's why he, he wanted to film and, and film deals. So, there's another murderer dead, Ronald DeFeo, 69 years old, died in jail, serving a 25-year-to-life sentence, what well, turned out to be a life sentence. The cause of death has not been announced, but will be determined by the Albany County mm -hmm. Coroner. All right, so we have see all the things we want to talk about right now before we get to the horoscopes. And I wanted to talk about, remember I said earlier that we're recording on Tuesdays or Wednesdays, but we're not going to publish publicly until Sunday. And the reason for that is, is that we now have a Patron page. And we have, uh, we, we have, you can donate different tiers of membership. I mean, you know, we have three tiers at three different prices. And, and you get perks and all kinds of, uh, of, of benefits from doing that. Our first tier is what we call Antoinette Frank Patron. Now, Antoinette Frank Patron gets, for $5 a month, digital downloads, fan requests, you get a shout-out. You get to hear your name on open shutters and easy access to episodes, early access to episodes. So you will be able to go to your Patron page and listen to the episode that we've recorded that night. What do you think of that, Philip? That's good. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Now, nice. Now, now, now mid-level is what we call the Axeman Patron. And this is a mid-level tier, which includes everything from Tier 1, including exclusive content, live chat, live stream, fan request, and complete archive of podcasts from the beginning. Well, you get that on there. You know. And uh, you have all these down, you have the downloads, and um, you um, and that's only $10 a month. And they get the bonus. We're going to be doing some bonus episodes. But next, next, our next uh, episode, this is... Um, we end in our second season next next week, and our third season starts in April, and it, uh, and the first series is going to be we call what's it called Shady Ladies, the Madams of New oh, Orleans. Oh yes, yes. But we're going to do a bonus episode telling the whole history of Storyville. Exactly, and that's only going to go to our. We're not going to have any horoscopes on it, and it's only going to be for our uh, patrons. And, uh, you get that with the Axeman patron, and the top tier is twenty five dollars a month. We call it the Madame Le Lorraine patron. And this premium tier has all the fun of the first two, plus 15% off merch, exclusive voting power, and a once-a-month ask-me-anything. Also, Philip's going to be doing some tarot card readings, some live tarot card readings. We're going to do live Q&A, live, live, live shows. It's only going to be for our patrons. But we're not going to be able to record these until we have some members. So you guys got to come out there and be members. Now, this is another big perch. We have some merch, and you can buy it on the Patron page, but you um, you have to be a, a a patron in order to get it. But now our Madame Laure patrons get exclusive quarterly merch. After three months, you get an exclusive mini print of our logo autographed by me and Philip. Yes. After six months, you get a coffee mug with the Open Shutters logo. A t-shirt after nine months. And after a year, you get an exclusive organic tote bag for free. And I think all you have to do is pay for the shipping, and that's it. 
But yeah, that's a, that's some pretty neat perks. Huh? I gotta give you one of them tote bags. I can just carry I mean, my shit around. Just, maybe we uh, just say become twenty five dollar a month patrons. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so anyway, yeah, that's it. Uh, the the it's uh, www.patreon.com slash open shutters. And that's how you can become a patron and you can listen to our podcast on there when you remember. And even if you know, if you just want the $5 a month, you're still going to get the early access to episodes and you can download, and you, you know, and you can make requests. You can send us a little request on what you'd like to hear us talk about. So we need, we're doing this mainly because you see, we don't make any money on this. And uh, we have, I know we have the, the one uh, commercial that we have, and then we have the commercial for our own business, for our candle and, and craft business. But we're really not making any money out of this. And our laptop, laptop is kind of old and cranky. And I don't want it to break down, and then we have to shut down the podcast. So that's why we're asking for some support here. What you think about that, Philip? That is wonderful. Yes. Got to so keep okay, us alive. Keep us kicking. Keep us going. Keep us going. So anyway, uh, what we got now? What you got your, your oh, horoscopes Oh, I got the weekly now? horoscopes. Well, here we go. <laughs> and you know it's St. Patty's Day, but if you're Catholic, enjoy your holiday. But I'm taking it old school. I'm taking it back for the fairy folk. The original Ireland, you know. And I have some Irish folklore limericks. As limericks? As your horoscopes. Is that those filthy asleep? things that hookers on TV do all the time? No. No, it's an actual poem. <laughs> More poetry, but kind of fun. Kind of fun. So we're gonna start out with Aries. That's our that's our sister podcast Aries. people, Justin and Shaughnessy. Justin and Shaughnessy. So here you go, Aries. Walking home after one last drink. Puka's twilight ride has you think. Home not on this road. Adjusting from load throws you in mud where you can sink. You want to throw Justin and Shaughnessy in mud. I'm not the one the puka is. The puka? The puka is like, okay, the puka is not like the puka on the TV. The puka actually, it's like a, a shape-shifting fairy folk, but the most common form is this this beautiful black horse with these like glowing golden eyes with like a huge black mane. And it's going to throw our girls in the mud. Well, yeah, it takes people on really wild rides late at night, especially uh, after they've been drinking or whatever. So that's literally what it's yeah, about. Well, I've been drinking at night. Yeah. I'm taking on a wild ride. Out so have fun with that, Aries. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like y'all having a good time, nonetheless. <laughs> so at least you have a story in the morning. If yeah, you that's true. Sometimes you don't want to tell that story next morning. Mm. Walk a shame. I know I have seen some things like, oh, my God, did I really do that? <laughs> oh, my God, is this person still in, is this, who is this in my bed? Oh! And you just glue it. Oh, okay, you're having one of those stories. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, like the one where I wound up in—I was visiting Fort Lauderdale and I wound up in West Palm Beach. Okay, in that's a trailer. That's, yeah, that's yeah. next to a very, very unattractive person. Wow, oh, and I was well. only twenty-two. You know, was only... the things you do. Luckily, <laughs> my car was there, and I was able to get back. Moving along, we got Taurus. Yeah, you love your Taurus people, don't you? Oh yeah, the bulls. That's Barbara and Cher. <laughs> oh, it's about Barbara and Cher. Okay, Taurus. Lord in lock by white horse's mane. Urge to reach out without refrain. Fatal time to swim. Ripped from limb to limb. Kelpie's victim you will remain. 
Oh, God. What, a Kelpie victim? A Kelpie, actually, <laughs> is another kind of fairy folk that will take different forms. And its form is actually usually a, a white horse that's usually really beautiful but shows up in the water. So it's usually, like, wet. Mm. Although it can take the form of a really, a lot of times... A lot of times they've known women to actually end up trying to marry Kelpies when they're in their male human form and they're handsome men and they try to trap Sounds like them. the X-Files episode. But you gotta be dangerous. They've known to be very dangerous if you're not Did careful. Did you ever watch the X-Files? Yes. Do you remember the gender bender episode when that, you know, he... It's been a while. Was, okay, yeah. th- th- this, this girl would go and she'd pick up some guy and screw him and kill him and then she would turn into a guy. And then the guy would go and he'd pick up some woman and screw her and then he'd turn into a female. Well, that kind of, yeah, that kind of goes off of this. Then they kind of have some of that Kelpie mentality. So, yeah, definitely. Gemini. That's our Roz. That's Will. Uh, Will. Poor Will. Well, he's not with us tonight. He's, uh, he's, he's locked up in his bedroom. I think he's tired. Yeah, because I'm warning y'all all about who, who you, what creature, what being, what entity you might encounter. So here's, this is for Gemini. Old man in red with many jokes. With some pranks, he prods and he pokes. Far Derek, his name, tricking you as game. Be careful which fires he stokes. So Santa Claus is going to be throwing fire at Will. Well, it's kind of like he's <laughs> kind of you know? he's kind of like a Santa Claus meets sort of a leprechaun. He's like a leprechaun if you put him all in like a red outfit. How is it? Is Santa Claus like a big elf? He tricks more than actually. Uh, I never really understood. Santa was a super shaman. I'll get into that a whole other time in the holidays. Yeah, when we do when we do Christmas stuff. Yeah, I'll get into that yeah. whole idea of of Santa. Uh, well, here we are. We're at your sign, boo. Do you really want to know? Oh, God. Hit it, D-Bow. Are you really ready for cancer? Yeah, I'm ready. All right, here we go. I hate the name of that sign, by the way, because it's the name of a horrible Well, movie. they should have never... Yeah, they should have never... They did that on purpose, I think. Somebody that hated cancers did that. And, you know, my uh, my late partner was a cancer, and he died of cancer, and that's kind of... Somebody did that. Like, somebody somebody had issue with the sign of cancer. And they I don't know. It. I think it's actually the name of the crab spirit or something i don't know i think it does have some kind of content to the moon or something yeah i know it's just i think the disease was named after the sign actually yeah yeah the disease was named after the sign i think so cancer whale comes from mouth of the banshee no light of morning you will see sleep forever in bed wake not for the dead they'll cast aside to take thee you know, as every hipster I've ever known would say, that's fucked. That is fucked. <laughs> that is fucked as fucking be. If, if you ask any, I any, just passed, we don't any have... person from, like, Ireland or whatever, the one thing you don't want to hear is the banshee. <laughs> okay. And I've, I've just dropped enough F-bombs to change our rating from PG-13 to R. Great. <laughs> that's why we have explicit content written on Yeah, well, we offer explicit. Leo, that's Curtis. That's Curtis. What, what, what's happening, poor Curtis? I don't know where Kurt, Curtis went. Poof. No, he's um, he's in his room eating hot dogs. Oh, he's down in the dungeon. I saw him carrying a plate of hot dogs to. Oh, okay. His room. All right. Well, Leo, something inside has you stirring, many suspicions lingering. Switched at your birth from different firth, 
you probably are a changeling. He switched at birth. Well, he is adopted, isn't he? But the changeling, you know, that's that's like, like that's the person where he's actually would be a fairy folk. Yeah. That somebody else, the human baby, was taken by the fairies and he was put in place. Curtis isn't really fairy. Oh yes, he is. Material. He's. Well, no, but see. <laughs> I do. I really want to get into the idea. Okay, the changeling is something. Okay, there's different variations of what people actually think in the folklore and the myth, but the concept is that the fairy folk have some reason of whatever that they do not want. Like I'm not. I'm very, very like it's a variation, but they want to get rid of this fairy, and they they take the human baby as well. Oh, okay. It, as payment or whatever, and they leave the fairy. Something about the fairy child, either the fairy has the fairy isn't desirable to what, the, the way the child looks, or it might be a hybrid of a fairy. Certainly. You have some warp knowledge, you know. <laughs> or they have an ability that the fairy people don't want to deal with, and so they put it into the mortal human world and let the humans deal with it. Mm. So there's varying reasons. Basically, it's it's. It's a special fairy, okay? Let's just put okay. it. Let's leave it at that. All right. Virgo. I ain't kind of Virgos. There, there's this is probably the most interesting limerick, but I ain't well, kind of. Well, my dad of was a Virgo, but my, my niece is a Virgo, too. I have no kind She's actually a Virgo. You know how I'm a cancer Leo cuss? She's a Virgo Libra cuss. Oh, okay. And my mom was sorry because she really wanted her to be a Libra like her. Like full in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, here we go with Virgo. Dwarf King Abertak is a beast, not been forgotten in the least. Smells your tasty flesh, so juicy and fresh. All your blood will make one great feast. Oh, yeah. Oh. He's like the Irish vampire. He's a lot of cannibalism. He's like the most famous Irish vampire. It's fucking horoscopes. I tell you this every fucking time. It's a goddamn horoscope. It wouldn't be a horoscope if it wasn't. No, I guess it wouldn't. Libra. Oh, Libra Lord, my mom. Mero, or Mero, either way you want to say it. Mero, by shore, sing a melody drawn to the edge of ecstasy. Follow fathoms deep, your life theirs to keep. Corpse below tide for eternity. Oh, my good Lord. Which the marrow actually are your mermaids and mermen collectively. Yeah. That's what you call them. So, or that's what they call them. So watch yourself out by the ocean. <laughs> or by the shore. By the beach. Especially all the people going out to the beach lake. If you're a Libra, watch yourself. Scorpio. Close shutters and all windows too. Slua arrive in a large slough. Need a soul to take. Body must forsake. Trapping the spirit is what they do. Oh, closed shutters on open shutters. You do not want... I was, I, I was reading in the book. Did they get fall out the window? No, but you do not want to let the sluot in. <laughs> they will come get your ass. They will come get your ass, okay. And I got a ton of fucking windows in my house. I so. know. A, yeah, a picture that we uh, took. If you guys haven't seen the picture, it's on our Facebook page and... It's about it's the um it's on our Twitter page too. It's really cool. It's taken in front of one of the 
really creepy windows in Philip's house. That is an impressive window. I love it that. Is. It's so great. The door and all. Yeah. It works so great. And you know, I'll put a septi- I, I tweeted a septiatone version of it. I'll put a septiatone on, on Instagram. And that's a lot of the Art Deco homes, actually. Like, that's a l- late Art Deco home. And uh, it's in the 40s. Actually, it's almost. Yeah, it's a post war. It's in the middle of the war. Actually, this Chantilly area is all post war. Well, I was actually wartime. Yeah. It was 43, These were These were like post-depression. This is a post-depression neighborhood. Yeah. It started in the 40s and thrived in the 50s and 60s. Yeah. So. Well, talking about it, my man actually owns the house. He's a Sagittarius, mm. and that's where we're at. What's going to happen to him? He was <laughs> by King Kong last week. <laughs> was it last week? Oh, yeah, he was. <laughs> Say so not favorite Jessica Lang or Naomi Watts. Get out of here. They don't have a must- handlebar mustache. Yes, indeed. So, oh, I was Sagittarius, sprinkle hearth with a line of salt. Put Bodak's journey to a halt. Don't come face to face, losing bet or race. Chimney creeping is your own fault. Oh, does he have a cheap creep chimneys? Well, he's not the one doing it. What they're blaming is, is if they you don't prepare, the the Bodak coming down the damn chimney is going is your own fucking fault. The Bodak's gonna get his ass. Gonna get hit. It's your own fault for allowing the Bodak to chimney creep. The Bodak's yeah. gonna get his ass. Yeah, the Bodak. Bodak's like an evil. I guess the the, the Irish evil Santa coming down a fucking chimney. Wow. Not, not like Krampus kind of isn't he the evil Santa? Well, that's for when you get sort of Krampus is more like talking about like Central Europe, Krampus, like yeah. Germany, Austria, even and Czech he's the Republic. one who puts the coal in your stocking. Even some of the the Scandinavian have to more eat that. you. Okay, but we're talking about more Irish here. So yeah, but maybe there is some slight. There is a similarity there between Bodak and uh, Krampus. So yes, Capricorn, oh. aka Capricorn. Kern? Kern! What's a Kern? Because they're always about that Kern! That Kern! The Kern! The coins! Kern? The coins! The Kern! The Capricorns! The Kerns! Yes. Yeah, I have some Doge Kerns that I bought. Some, do- some Dirtje Kerns? I'm waiting for them Doge Kerns to go up in price. <laughs> exactly. So I can sell them and get my profits. Exactly. So here's for them Stepping on a grave's grassy patch leaves you with nothing down the hatch. Scrambling all alone, starved to the last bone. Fear Gorda cleared you with a scratch. Mm, well, he has long nails. Well, yeah, Fear Gorda is this, like, weird, emaciated kind of being. And the thing is, is, like, you, they say never step on a grave in Ireland. Like, like with the grass right above the grave. And also, if the Fear Gorda, if he otherwise comes around you... You should offer food or offer whatever to him. Don't deny him. Because if you deny him, he there's by the theories that you, you could be starved to death. Oh my. You you could oh. be, you could become the vision of what he looks like. So he wouldn't get any Taco Bell or macaroni and cheese, his two favorite meals. Nope, all because he was mean to the fear gorda. Yeah. Oh he better not be mean to him. I'm gonna tell him not to be mean to the fear gorda. Mm mm. Aquarius Oh, the dawning of the age of Aquarius. Yeah. 
And uh, this was like fifty years ago. Right? <laughs> and we got we we have a very loyal listener out there that's an Aquarius. Oh, who? I don't think you'd buy me mission. Godfrey. So if you're listening, oh, Godfrey. Godfrey. Oh yeah, I you're an Aquarius. If I remember, I, right. to, I, I pay to, attention. I know we were supposed to shout out our Patreon, but I wanted to. Um, a friend of mine that I go to high that I went to high school with told me that a friend of his is a big fan of our podcast. And her name is Mary Erin. Hello, Mary. We're going to shout out to you. Not sure what sign. What's you know what sign she is? Oh, wait. Let's see. Because she, she Facebook friended me. So maybe we can find out. And we, she, so we know what sign she is. So we, we, we maybe shout it out to her when we, next time you do it. If you haven't gotten to her yet. Well, she, I just friended her on Facebook. And, of course, my phone is going to Well, take, while you're searching for her, I'm going to go ahead and, sweet time. I'm gonna go ahead and read, read Godfrey's for him. Read Godfrey for him. Doolahan on Ridge is a sight. Headless horsemen of the midnight. Do not catch their gaze, lest your way to raise. Your death could become such a fright. Oh, poor Godfrey. He'll enjoy it. Frightful <laughs> deaths and everything. He'll enjoy it. Oh, there she is. Let's see what her birthday is. You looking up her birthday? Yes. February 9th. Oh, February she's an Aquarius it. too. Oh, it's funny. Well, that was for her as that well. That was really weird. That was weird. <laughs> so that was for I her. I haven't mentioned her right before hers. <laughs> well, you're talking about other friends. One of my friends, she just had her birthday this past weekend, and she sent us a little message when I was mentioned about some of her photos I was liking. She said she finally got to listen to one of our podcasts, and she said it was so good. She is a Pisces, and oh. that and that is Miss had- Monique. I love Momo. Monique. Monique. Hi, Monique. Yeah, so this goes out to her with Pisces. Leprechaun garnering surprise. Three wishes granted, but be wise. His smile deceiving on your receiving. Path is lined to your own demise. Oh, that's what you give. That's how you treat our fans. We give them these. Hey, Pisces at least is getting the goddamn <laughs> leprechaun. They get three wishes. They just have to be fucking careful with them. Oh, wow. So I'm being very nice to the Pisces. They're the only ones getting offered something that could possibly be decent if they're careful. Okay. Okay. Well, anyway, we're going to take a short break and we will be right back. As some of you may remember, and if you're new to our podcast, I have another business that has finally become live on the internet. It's Barry Marino's Craft Creations. I have made afghans, hats, scarves, and much more. More coming weekly. Great thing is, we sell holiday items all year round, so you don't have to wait till that special time of the year to order what you will like and enjoy. Thanks to our Roz, it's an easy, interactive website to see what has been put on the internet. And after a long wait, finally, we got the Gentilly Lace line of candles live. We have wonderful scents for any household or just for the season. Also, be on the lookout for our Christmas and New Year's holiday candles. And guess what? Our seasonal candles will have something a little special in them. A little out of the ordinary, but we have put charms in the candles. From king cake babies for Mardi Gras to champagne flutes for New Year's. So look out for our website Barry Marino's Craft Creations.com. That's B A R R Y M A R I N O C R A F T C 
C-R-E-A-T-I-O-N-S.com. All right, we're back. There's one other thing I wanted to mention before we go on about our Patron members. Another perk you guys get that I forgot to mention in the, in the first part of the show is that all your episodes, any Patron episodes to our members are going to be commercial free. So that's one of the things, that's another one of the perks you don't have to deal with them pesky old commercials. <laughs> Isn't that cool, huh? It's kind of like the streaming services. You yeah, go and you know we also have... A, um, if you well, pay a little more, it goes we're, uh, we're like heading to the end of our second season, and I think after we finish with the second season, I am going to put our first season on YouTube. Ooh, okay. That's We're going nice. to go on YouTube. There's not going to be a video of us, maybe just a picture of the logo or something yeah. while they listen to us. But we're going to put our first episode on YouTube. Nice. Okay, so what we got today, what's going on? What's our, our subject matter is Bedlam, huh? Yeah, and, and we want to talk about Bedlam. We're going to talk about the actual hospital that inspired Bedlam, but we want to talk about Bedlam as a whole. The idea of the environment of insanity. Yeah. And, and that's what the term bedlam actually means, you know? And we want to look at this world of insanity, the world of the asylum as we know it, which really nowadays there really is not really asylums anymore as we know them. They're now modern psychiatric hospitals. However, some of them <laughs> border on still being asylum. Well, the biggest problem in today's are the nursing homes and the assisted care facilities oh yeah some of those can be far scarier I, I know i mean i've heard just some terrible things about what we used to call old folks homes when i was a kid <laughs> i never thought i'd be old enough one day to be in one but you know i'm getting there <laughs> so actually um bedlam the term did derive from the london the 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 british um, hospital that was known as the Bethlehem Royal Hospital. Yeah. Which and, actually um, dates back all the way to 1247. It's a St. Mary Bethlehem Hospital. Yes. And there, like I said, there's been since 1247, even to now, there is still a Bethlehem Royal Hospital. Now, it's been actually, it's had four different locations. So there's been four different locations uh, starting everything from the um, original location which was uh right near the uh the bishop's gate just outside the walls of the city of london then they had the moorfields location which is really the moorfields location is the one that became really famous in the era of when people talk about the era of lunacy when they used to talk about things and the concept of lunacy the madhouse the loony van yeah yeah and and what we really think of as bedlam really comes out of that moorfields location which was basically the late um 1600s through the 1700s even into the early 1800s now i did see one youtube documentary about it and there was one of the locations which where it's like almost back in the middle of what is now downtown london and they were doing some kind of excavating to build for, to make a building or something, and they found the graveyard. They found the cemetery and all the bones. So yeah, was that um, which one? I I didn't. I'm not sure which document was that. Was that been the Moorfields or the Bishop's Gate? Probably. It was. Um, it was on YouTube. It was a British, a BBC production, and it was about. It was a, a, because both of those were really deep in the city. 
Like what? Well, yeah. If you look at the city nowadays, well, that's when they had. Well, been, like, actually, the time the city was much this smaller. One was, this one was actually near Big Ben and everything. And oh, then that may have been the Bishop's Gate or the more. It probably was the Bishop's. I Gate. think it was a Bishop's Gate. I think that's what because Bishop's Gate found, was right. They at, found uh, skulls that had been lobotomized, people who had been buried, the different uh, electroshock. They could tell from the bones that the person had been electrocuted accidentally. Might have, been the, might, have been the more, might have been the more fields then, I'm thinking, for the time frame. Uh, then you had the St. George's Fields, which was actually in the South Fork area, and that started in 1815. So, and then that one would have lasted all the way up until 1930. So that would have been the main one during the Victorian era. Yeah. The George's Fields location. Then the final location, which is its current location, is the Monk's Orchard. Which was started in 19. And this one also, I think, as this is the one where they put King George. Which one did they put? King oh, George? King George. That would have been the Moorfields. That's this Mad is the King one George. They, oh yeah, no, that's the main yeah. era of the lunacy. <laughs> yeah, that, that's when they. Moorfields um, had some strange. King stuff George on had some chemical imbalance that even made his urine blue. Yeah, they were doing really crazy experimentation in that era. But they were also doing experimentation in the Victorian era, but they claimed to be a little more reformed about it. But it still was, was so some that, of it by our standards today. The movie The Madness of King George with Helen Mirren plays Queen Charlotte in that one. Yeah. And when they didn't show that in the movie, but I heard that in real life he would do some really bizarre things. I know in that movie he would just go up to strange women and kiss them. Yeah. And I know that uh, one of the thing, another thing... He used to have a fondness for um, for running through the, the the castle and the grounds naked. Oh, God. I gotta tell when when we do um, a uh, I, I'll make sure I'm gonna mention. You know who Paul Morphy was? He was the chess champion as a child. He was a local New Orleanian. He was a chess champion, and he used to um, he he retired from chess when he was 21. And decided to go to law school, but he doesn't have a really good lawyer, and he started doing this bizarre behavior. He would do things like he'd show up for court in his bathrobe, and he had a house on um, on Royal Street, and he used to do his garden stark naked, right in the front yard in front of it, because he had a little. It was set back a little bit. I think it was where the Cornstalk Fence uh, Hotel is, and he would do his his gardening stark naked in front of God and everybody, and finally his his family had him committed. And he died in the mental institution, I think, mm. at the age of 59. We had to do some th things on him at some point. His, his grave is right near Marie Laveau's in St. Louis oh, Number wow. One Cemetery. Hmm. Well, the thing is, is basically, where, I mean, you can go read. There's so much history on Bedlam. But just to give a real quick other thing, it was just to give an idea of the administration of the hospital and who owned it. Now, it has been under where it's been... Uh, what's been considered actually owned for sale. There's kind of various. The owning of the crown owning it, being an actual royal hospital in that sense, yeah. would be from about 1403 to what we would say about 1948. So a good 500 years, technically. Now, that doesn't mean that they were doing all the administration in that period. Now, before that, before the royals had a hold of it, it was somewhat of a general kind of hospital um, and even 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 a little bit after, from like starting at the twelve forty seven, was the papal areas, papal era. Mm -hmm. So it was papal people that were owning. It was basically, I guess, in a sense, the Rome. Rome yeah, <laughs> was owning from twelve forty seven to fourteen oh three. But then nineteen forty eight, it becomes part of 
of the National Health Service. 1948? NHS, yes. What we know of is NHS now, yeah. 1948. So we're talking about a good 500 years it was owned by the Crown. Now, the Crown at a moment gave where they gave over the administration and I think it was around 1547 or something. Maybe, don't quote me on that. Uh, but they gave administration over to the city as, as far as administering the facilities. So, how it was handled. So, a lot of times you'll see that what had happened was the Crown did have some effects for owning the property and had ideas of what they wanted to use, but that was usually some members of the city that were then administering it. So there was a little brief time where the, both the crown was ministering and owning at some level. <laughs> and there was really, you know, the, the word bedlam has taken on this, uh, this kind of sinister context. Well, and that's what we're finding in the history is basically when you get to the 1600s, where we actually know in record, there may have been other small, smaller plays and um, maybe street plays and other things that had... Bedlam involved, but definitely by the 1600s, theater started to involve it in plays. We see it written into plays starting in the early 1600s. Yeah. And, and then leading up to, you get to the film era, it's all in television. Well, the, bed, the movie Bedlam was in the 40s with um, Boris Karloff. Yes. And uh, Anna Lee, the woman that played uh, on General Hospital. She was like the matriarch, uh, Quartermain, the Quartermain. D, not the diva, she was the matriarch, the, the mother figure. But she was also in, paid the next to a neighbor and whatever happened to Baby Jane. Well, this movie is about a young woman who's played by Anna Lee, the actress from General Hospital, who gets committed into this hospital on, uh, against her will by a very sinister Boris Karloff character. Yeah. Well, the thing is, like, so the thing is, this. What we're saying is this has continued through centuries where it has been written into our entertainment, whether it be theater, mm. whether it be film. Actually, going back to what we were talking about with the 1600s, even in the late 1500s, the reason that happened was is the two main theaters in just the late 1500s, the curtain and the theater, were right next to near the Moorfields location. Wow. So they could go research like right there. And that's also a crazy thing about that time. We're talking about these conditions were not great. It was rather filthy oh, at yeah. that point. Uh, and they had some really horrible treatments. I was reading. They basically, I wasn't until later on into the 1600s where they truly upgraded some of the water things. I think they had one cistern, one thing that was supplying the water for the whole thing, and it was just deplorable. Just nasty. Nasty, nasty. And then they used mercury to treat. Um, I used all kind of crazy stuff, no matter what area you're looking at. Well, lobotomies, believe it or not, were more of a late 19th, early 20th century thing. They even did one of those to one of the Kennedy girls, the Kennedy sister that was... Um, I don't know if she was mentally challenged. That she might have even, they, I, from what I read, I think she might have been autistic. But some of her behavior was a little bit erratic, and they had her lobotomized. The Kennedy family. Mm. So yeah, I mean, we're talking about this is just centuries 
of building on this idea of what we consider as the asylum, as Bedlam, all started at the, at this facility and over the over the years of the four locations. Yeah, shock treatments were big in the early twentieth century, huh? Oh, when you say, yeah, shock yeah. treatments. They actually had. I was reading. They had an account all the way up to talking about um, things. There's an account all the way up to. T- 2010 where they would talk about how some of the restraining is is inhuman there yeah. is actual um, but the straitjacket so it seems that seems a little extreme that seems inhuman and I do want to read a quote from the historian uh, Roy Parter part of a quote of what he said this is what he said about the Bethlehem Royal Hospital he called it a symbol for man's inhumanity to man for callousness and cruelty. Oh, man. That says and, a lot right there. And I think that says a lot about asylums as a whole, if we look at them. And that is a lot yeah. of what we're looking at um, in this month. So not just if we're talking about Bedlam in the sense of Bethlehem Royal Hospital, but talking about where we look at Willowbrook that we talked about before. We're going to talk about... Um, we're going to talk about Hollydale in a little while later on in just a moment. Uh, and and just... Well, like on Willowbrook that we talked about last uh, week, it was the basis of, for the American Horror Story Asylum yeah. season. And we were giving that kind of thing. But, but the point is, is that we really do not think... Uh, we cast these people in there and we either... In some aspects, in some centuries, they were turning these people into like a human zoo, making yeah. tourism off of it. Yeah, showing them off. Even even when it was in the papal time, they were doing whatever to try to get money. The church was using it to get money to get alms. Yeah, you know, uh, and it was so. Oh, these people need all this, but they weren't giving them really the real care they needed. You get to the lunacy area, they're like, oh, let's really show them off. Let's show them how crazy. Let's, let's let people pay to go meet with them. You know what's really, really terrible about a lot of it is back, we, we're going way back, like maybe in the beginning of when this hospital first uh, started, they didn't know enough about mental illness. So a person who was bipolar, they thought was possessed by demons. And they would lock them up in right. this. But they didn't have the medication to level off their moods like we yeah, do today. Yeah, I think I got the year... <laughs> 1643 was an interesting year you bring that up this was the year it moved from being sort of they they think they did find that as sort of the year where it moved away from the medieval concept of it being kind of run as this kind of inkeeping of the insane to where they put this actual medical structure I'm not saying this was better necessarily for the people but they were actually bringing in where they had actual like uh, serious it was like a three tiered structure there was an actual traveling physician there was a set surgeon there was it was starting to get more of a medical and, and that is the time period we start to get into the age of real age of starting of enlightenment and reason and all that is starting so the whole um past the english renaissance going into that point of time and more into the age of reason um not necessarily that that was good because i mean what i was reading is a lot of physicians were using it to 
get their own fame or make their own money, and yeah. it really wasn't about the real care of the patients. You have you uh, there a few years ago a book came out. You remember Sybil? Oh, okay, yes, yeah. The woman with the sixteen personalities. Well, now the um, uh, movie came out, Sybil Unmasked, I think it was called, and this woman claimed that. Sybil, whose actual name was Shirley Mason, and uh, that Dr. Wilbur and Flora the Schreiber, who wrote the book, actually used suggestion to make this woman believe she had all these personalities, and they made all kinds of money on it by writing the book and doing the movie with Sally Field, and then there was another movie with Tammy Blanchard and Jessica Lange, and she's saying that the this doctor... And I did, at first I didn't believe it, and now I'm uh, I'm not so sure since I've been seeing some kind of thing that unscrupulous doctors do to patients. And they took they, they, they took this woman who had been abused by her mother and uh, had all these problems, and through suggestion made her believe that she had all these personalities, the d dissociative identity disorder, which we used to call multiple personality. And I'm not so sure that she's wrong, even though if you read this book, this woman that wrote it, to me it sounds like she had an axe to grind. She had something against those other two women. But then I read another book of a man who became friends with Shirley Mason, and he said that, uh, she said that it wasn't a hoax. She said that she, you know, she really had that thing. And she became so close with her doctor, with Dr. Wilbur, that when Dr. Wilbur got sick, with cancer, she took care of her until mm. she died. So I don't know. Could somebody really do that to someone just to get fame? Yeah, I mean that's something. I this is what they were they were doing. These doctors back then, and they did. Prote they protected her identity because it didn't come out what her name was until the nineties. As a matter of fact, yeah. I don't think it came out until after she died. I mean, Sean Mason died in the late. I mean, 90s. I'm not gonna name any names. We still have doctor psychiatrists today trying to be famous. Yeah, think about it. And psychologists and otherwise. Yeah, look at Dr. Joyce Brothers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> there you go. Well, and then you move into where, as they get more into the 1800s, especially the Victorian area, that's where everything started to the doors closed to the public. So, and then in over time, it got more close and. Even though things were taking more of a medical tinge, that's where things also became more mysterious. As the doors closed, mm -hmm. even though, okay, yeah, these people aren't being pawned off and turned into a zoo, now becomes the issue of what experiments are going on behind closed doors. Yeah. What horrors are really happening that we don't know. You know, and that's where the real, the mystery of the asylum, which lasted not just for Bedlam, but we're getting into the American asylums. That actually mm. went well into the 20th century. Yeah. You know, and that's and that's really a thing. Now, there's moments where there's some things. I mean, watch some of the documentaries. I mean, there were some patients that did have, were truly helped, had positive experiences. There were some who. Apparently, like King George was one, but he was a king. Well, that was still in the matter of lunacy, but he was a king, so you really can't count him. Yeah, they're going to do special king. disposition to him. They have to. He's the crown, you know. But um, later on, there they do have some patients that were allowed 
to do like painting and art and they get into some of that therapy and they found mm-hmm. out some of that was helpful and I think they still have in some of their galleries and museums some of the art that was done by some very prolific uh, patients that were extremely talented wow, so, yeah yeah um, but I do stick to what that historian said I'm going to repeat it again I'm going to I want to just say his quote Roy Porter's quote again a symbol for man's inhumanity to man for callousness and cruelty. It, we cannot forget the history of what the asylums were. It just amazes me sometimes how cruel men, people, humans can be to other humans. I think we're the only species that treat each other so oh, badly. Uh, so, here's here here's the thing. You still have a Bethlehem Royal Hospital. Uh, later this month, we'll be actually talking about a Louisiana asylum that is actually still operational. Mm-hmm. Actually, it's still operational in its building, so we'll be talking about that. But there is a problem because the concept of asylums and other buildings, sanatoriums that were actually more used for like m- m- medical health but had some mental aspects but were used more yeah. for tuberculosis or polio or whatever, those have littered now the country. We have all these buildings that are now just run down, abandoned, nothing was ever done, and you just have them. And they're becoming, we've already kind of mentioned about Willowbrook, how there's the possibility of the crimes and things with propsy and all, but they're becoming these rundown things, they're becoming areas um, where we're not addressing the real problems of the homeless problems that are there. Uh, the one we're actually going to be talking about, the Hollydale, actually has a little bit of that. They even have feral cats all through there, which it's like, why are we not making sure these cats have, helping them out, getting veterinary help, whatever. Getting, getting them, uh, at least getting them fixed so that they can't keep it Right, going. things like And uh, it's the thing of, like, we, it's like we also, we almost want to let that part of ourselves deteriorate and acknowledge that it never was there. Or say that it never was there. We don't want to acknowledge the the, yeah, people, the horror of our past as humanity. Well, so, yeah, and that's just, it's just kind of almost some of the things we're going to do with kind of like some of the PC things. Like, you know, like when they're trying to, for an example, like, you know, when they're trying to censor a movie that might have had a theme that might have had a little bit, some things that would be considered racist, they want to just cancel it rather than say, hey, you know, like Whoopi Goldberg said one time that canceling this stuff is just pretending that it never happened. Yeah. Yeah. Now, and then and that's what part of, there was a movement actually for the 70, uh, back in 1997 when they were having the 750th anniversary, they were trying to have this. There was a movement in Britain, in London, what was for the uh, psychiatric patients movement. It was, it was an ex-patients. It was, it was this movement to say, hey, wait a minute, you know? We want you to present mm-hmm. it, but we don't want you to present it in some gloriful way. We want you to present it as in the horror that it was and what had happened. And I think I think we shouldn't just try to close up a race. What we should do with these facilities is we should make them historical sites. And well, we should, just and we should a make a functional building that actually helps. Instead, either a functional you know, building that helps would be nice. It could be a home. With all the homeless can, we have, and we have buildings that are crumbling. Yeah. Why not have like, we either make, like a shelter, but it, like a halfway house? 
but truly um, rehab the building or demolish it and build something new on there top. There was a, a woman on, um, she was on Real Time with Bill Mara. She's a comedian and everything. And she, like, uh, um, she opened, she became a landlady, which they could do is a person who has a big house that has extra room will open their house to homeless people to get them off the street so that they have an address, they have a place they can shower, they have a place where they can, you know, they can sleep and have a bed. And, it, you know, the, the, um, well, the I city mean, pays a little bit. I would be okay with that, but they would need to really fully demolish and, and rebuild. She, yeah. um, and she said that, she, you know, she at first she was afraid of these homeless people. She thought they were going to be like these crazy people that, you know, see aliens with tin foil hair. She says all it turned out, she said she's had teachers, she had nurses. It's somebody who lost their job, and they couldn't. They, they moved out of the apartment, and then they find themselves homeless. I almost found myself in that situation about, how long ago was 2013? Eight years ago? All at the same time, these different things happened. I got into it with my landlord. He evicted me. I lost my job because I had to move, and I missed a meeting, and I got fired from this job. Plus, it, I, I'm not going to go into everything. There was a lot well, of Well, you're basically there. saying the point. Everybody's a few steps from being in a facility. My tour yeah. guide's license was canceled, and my driver's license, I lost my wallet, but I had had a lapse in insurance, so I couldn't get another driver's license. Until I paid this eight hundred dollars, and I had lost my um, my wallet, so I couldn't. Uh, I and it was like I was at a point, and it was my cousin Jennifer that took me in, and that's how I wound up not being homeless, and that's how I was able to pull, able to pull myself up by the bootstrap. I mean, I was really, I was really in trouble. Well, I mean, and that's the thing, but society still to this day does not fully treat mental health the way it should. And 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 to say we got an example, even people that we think have privilege and some power, things even there, they they don't offer. Look, I mean, let's mention it. I mean, since we are talking about mental health, let's talk about that. Just that part of not all the other stuff, but just that part of the Meghan Markle interview. She asked for help. Twenty in the in 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 in, in the twenty tens, twenty twenty, she was asking for help. In the now day, in the contemporary, we're living now. Yeah. From the royal family. She was asking, asking for mental health help. And she's and a they princess. Did, and they denied her. <laughs> they denied her. She was asking for help because she felt suicidal and they denied her. If, if they denied her, that just goes to show you, though, as a society as a whole, we people are not taking mental health serious enough as he should. I mean, there you are know, We some... have a lot of people that are undiagnosed on, um, just on the streets. And one of the, um, I'm going to tell you, you know, my, um, my late husband was a former psychiatric counselor. And one of the conditions they hate to treat is borderline personality disorder because borderlines are so manipulative that they, um, they're hard to treat and, they, you know, and, they, that's why there's so many of them out on the street wrecking so much havoc. And because the mental health professionals don't like treating them. So, how, let, let's talk about more about Hollydale and this rundown. Okay. Uh, I want to talk about... First off, yeah, there's loads of things about, oh, it's haunted. There's rumors out there. Yeah, about, I saw some of the There's YouTube the rumors videos. about... 
there was the there there um there was supposedly a woman who fell out of a window. There's also another rumor that one they actually gave a name though. The Wagner was her name, uh, I think, if I remember right. But um, still nothing fully substantiated by the claims on that. But the real ones that are not really substantiated, but the main rumors is that there was always this girl, this patient, that apparently slit a priest's throat. So that's another rumor that's out there. But one thing that's not rumor and just goes to show what we're talking about where do people really care? The facility at one point, I think, became... It's now like it's a police training facility. It's been for like the last several years, 20 years or so. And I think even military might have used it because the account was in 2006. The Marines, I guess, were in there. So I guess they were using it to do some kind of training. Yeah. And they came across a freezer. This is documented. They came across a freezer that had actually mummified human body parts in the morgue area. Yeah. They found a morgue in the morgue. Yeah, I saw a YouTube now, video Now, everything that. was substantiated that this was body parts from people that experiments that had done it or died or were there and all. So this was all um, it was all legitimate. It wasn't a murder. It wasn't anything like that. So it wasn't a homicide or anything. But it just goes to show you left, and out of that, y'all had no respect for those human Well, beings. I'm going to tell you something. There's no respect. People, especially, okay, I'm going to tell you a little story about my uncle, my mom's brother. People uh, were ashamed of mental illness. My uncle, my uncle Frank, he was always, his behavior was always very, very erratic. One minute you'd see, he, you'd see him, he was hugging you and, and kissing you, and you were beautiful, he loved you, blah, blah, blah. The next minute, you see, he was biting your head off and asshole. And people are used to my the the family used to tell people he was shell shocked in the war. They didn't want to face the fact that this man was mentally ill. And now, looking at um, from what I'm seeing, from what I know now, and seeing some of the, the some of the, his behavior and the way he acted and what he did. I, I'm pretty sure it's a safe bet that he was bipolar. And he never was diagnosed and he never was treated. And his life was just, he was a, he was a seaman and he used to go out on the sea and then he would get in, he'd be fine and he'd get in a fight and they'd throw him off the boat. He'd come back with all his money he made after he had shipped out and spend it all. And he'd come back with, like, in the 1970s, he'd come back with like $1,500. Which would be like in today's money, what five, six thousand dollars, and in two days he was broke because he would give all, give it away and everything like that, and then he'd go into this. He when he'd do this, he would put his hand next to his nose, and I had an aunt one time, a great aunt, that would say when he puts a finger on his nose, that means danger, because that's when his mood would change when he would touch his nose, and this man was ridiculed, made fun of talked about, laughed at. And my mom, one time, she, um, some man she was talking to somewhere, I don't, I don't remember, it was, yeah, it was my cousin was a boxer, we were at one of his fights. And this guy there was trying to hit on my mom. Because you know, my mom was really a looker. And guys were always trying to hit on her. And my Uncle Frank was coming, and he goes, oh, look, here comes crazy Frank. You didn't know who she was, and she looked. She said, "Frank's my brother." 
And she said his face turned red and he just kind of scampered away. He can't, he, she wasn't going to go out with him now, was she? And uh, she said, but she had to tell him well, he was shell-shocked in the war. That's what they used to tell him. Mm. And, you know, and, and I'm, I'm now I'm thinking, like, why didn't they get this man help? They knew he wasn't normal. And that's the cruelty of our society. You know, why were they ashamed? Why did they think it was such a reflection on them? Why would they worry about what people thought about them? Why didn't they worry about getting this man help so he could have a better life? He had a terrible life because of his illness. And that's sad. And I, and I think that's that's the idea of the asylum. It where where it was supposed to be this place that was safe. I think they were having this procedure thing. They were making everyone else outside safe, but they really weren't. What they were doing was is they were sequestering these people, not truly caring for them. Yeah. And in a sad fact, humanity had a loss because if things would have been done right. We're talking about centuries ago, even even recently on certain mm -hmm. things. If things would have been done right, just even in the last century, as far as mental health care, we could have we could have progressed as a human species, as a world, in a way that's better. And and that's the thing they always say: look to the asylums, look to the prisons, look to those places, because that's how you truly see how you care for those that are less than or are conceived of as what how how does society treat those not that they should be treated less than but that's how society how they treat how you treat people mm -hmm. like that i'm wondering another thing about my uncle too i wonder if they were afraid that if they acknowledged that he had an illness that he might have been thrown in one of those sanitariums and they didn't want that to happen you know, you don't know because and and, and they didn't get, I mean, he didn't, I'm sure in his day they didn't have the medication that bipolars get today. And right now we're talking about mental health. It's going to be really heartbreaking what we talk about next week, because we're going to talk about the medical mental health. The idea of a sanatorium is what mm. we're going to talk about next week, and that will heartbreak you because people sent their family members because it was for the public health. And we're gonna get into the horrors of that, like, yeah. and that that will some of that. But will every break. time I think back about how that man was treated, and I have to say I'm guilty. I used to laugh at him too, mm. but I was a little kid. And when I think back now about how that man was treated by his own family, I just wanna. I, I'm so I'm ashamed of the aunts and uncles and grandparents that treated him like that more than I am of him. I'm ashamed of anyone that, that would treat a family member like that. I'm, I'm sorry. I love my mom, but she was just as guilty as the rest of them when it came to that. Damn, you know. And, like, you mentioned something. I don't know if you mentioned this in the pie or you mentioned this earlier. We were talking whatever. But uh, you mentioned one of the things is also... This also lends into the consideration of how do we deal with our elderly? Because we're going to look at a little bit with that next week as yeah. well, because that's part of next week's as well. Is But that's something to think about is how we look at elderly in mental health. Yeah. And uh, that that was really, like, shocking because we had mentioned – oh, that was about the movie when we were talking about I Care A Lot. And, um, and it's just, yeah, so if someone is too old, they're – 
they're mentally challenged in a way society doesn't want to deal with. They have a medical condition that we are too afraid of. Well, it's usually Alzheimer's and dementia that gets the elderly thrown away. Yeah, and it's and it's sad because a lot of times it's a fear base. It's either something we don't want to see that could happen to us or something we don't want to deal with that we've cast these people aside. Yeah, I'm, I'm guilty of that myself. I didn't go visit my mother nearly as much as I should have when she was sick because it used to break my heart to see her. Did I tell you about when I went to visit her one time and she didn't recognize me? Uh, she was she was sitting in that chair and she was talking to me and she was saying, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I figured she knew who I was. And then she asked, my friend. She said, who's that nice man I was just talking to? And Aww. she says, well, that's Barry. That's your son. She goes, no, that can't be Barry. That, Barry's only 29. That man's in his 50s. She said, no, that's Barry. She said, well, how old am I? We said, listen, Mom, you're 80. I'm 80? I'm 80? I said, yeah. Well, what it was about a year before she died. You, well, but the thing and is... And it used to break my heart. I didn't want to go see her, but that's no, not a good excuse. I should not have, it, have, have taken no. that... I'm yeah. sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry you went through. And this is one of the things. Well, it, it isn't even important what I went through. It's a shame that I actually had thought more of my own feelings than what she needed. Well, and, and when we and, and that's something that we definitely get in a little bit with that. We can stop or just we can get to it now. But basically, the the, the the cruelty of Alzheimer's is, is really there are some in, inventive yeah, she, some innovative facilities nowadays but there's still some facilities it's an illness that doesn't just affect the patient it affects the family and it was often a thing whenever I was doing readings and I was reading a family member who wanted to look at someone who had Alzheimer's mm -hmm. often the reading I, 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 it's like the spirits knew more of the time was how was the how was the loved one that was caring, or with the loved one that had to put them in the home? How are they dealing with it? And you know, it's uh, <laughs> you, you. You saw the, the TV show Orange Is the New Black, and you remember the woman that had Alzheimer's in there. They t took her and just placed her on the street. I know it's. And I'm saying, I, and I even asked around. I asked my brother, who I said, "Do they really do that?" He said, "Oh yeah." He says that's a common practice of prisons. I said, "Well, they could. They didn't have like a a a, a facility, you know." A, a care facility where they could put her. He says, all the budget cuts from the 80s closed those places. Yeah. So, you know, rich folks got their tax cuts and now the people who are mentally ill are suffering for it. So, <coughs> the final thing is, what is the future of psychiatric hospitals? What uh, is the future? Well, well, what do you think? More, we know more of how to treat people who are mentally ill. Mental illness is aware. And we have more famous people and people who were um, high-profile people. Like Patty Duke was really big on the bipolar thing. And we're getting more into this high... Th there's more of that concept of thinking about mind, body, spirit, too. Because mm -hmm. so if, if you saw the erratic behavior Patty Duke's character had in the movie The Valley of the Dolls, she said later that that was really her. Yeah. She was really acting like that. And she was having problems with the director, and it wasn't her acting. That was her acting out. Yeah. She said, "You know, that, that's what she, how she really was." And uh, it's funny because if you, when you see some of her later stuff, she's just such a good actress and could play any kind of role. But at that time, she was playing these crazy hysterical women like that. And, mm. um, 
with some other ones that she did around that time. Also leads to a challenge. One other thing in the future besides hospitals is the care. One of the things people are talking about as we're getting into the zones of genetics and genetic engineering is do we eliminate, they're going to be thinking about trying to eliminate all these mental challenges and all these mental things and think they can do it through the genetics. And I'm sitting here, what you don't realize is some of these neurotypical, these non-neurotypical non people might have a way of seeing something in a way that actually benefits us. Well, you know, yeah, like and, and, artistically. And, 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 yeah, and then you know, like because a lot of autistic people used to be just thrown in the middle. That wasn't even called autism. They were just thought it was whatever. But I'm talking about like this. Some of these writers that write these things, they may have a mental illness that, that brings us this kind of entertainment. But not just entertainment. There's other views. Sometimes the way people see the world, they may be someone who creates some kind of technology. You know, Especially some of these kids, they're finding some of them are so smart. The kids right now that haven't. That they may not be able to communicate in a certain way, but are they able to do things? We're gonna have a world of Sheldons. Well, maybe. <laughs> I know. Anyway, what I'm telling you to say about with the getting back on the elderly thing again is they have all this stuff to keep your body alive, but they haven't found a way to keep your brain alive. So that's why we have these people that are healthy in every other way, except for that their brains turning into mush. Mm. And so you know, we see. You know, only time will tell. Well, let, let's, let's hope that the, the better forces, the good forces, uh, actually weigh out. Uh, I do want to mention um, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline number because we did mention a couple of things with that as far as um, mental health. So we do want to mention that. That's the 1-800-273-8255. If you or you know someone who is considering that, definitely get the help help is out there help is available and we'll be try to speak with someone don't we will be we'll be putting that in our uh, description of the podcast too yes and uh, so before we go i want to mention well first before we do our show, social media i want to mention again about our patron page and the three uh tiers of support we i hate to sound like i'm begging people for money but we are giving you some bang for your buck here we're not <laughs> just taking your money and um, and another thing is, I, I, um, what I didn't mention earlier, I mentioned it later, but I didn't mention the first time I was talking about this. All of the Patron, all of our patrons are going to get commercial-free episodes from their Patron page. And um, Patron is www.patreon.com slash open shutters. And that's where you can join one of one of our tiers of support, uh, one of our memberships. Also, you can follow us on Twitter at a Open Shutters. Uh, with Facebook, we have the Open Shutters, a creepy podcast Facebook page, and then we also have the group, the official page of Open Shutters, a creepy podcast, which is a, which is a group, and then we actually have the actual business page, Open Shutters, a creepy podcast. I hope that's not too confusing for you guys. Also, you can follow us on Instagram at Open Shutters Podcast. All right. So, we are going, like I said, we are going to be, our uh, episodes are going to be recorded either on a Tuesday or Wednesday. And they're only going to be available to our patrons. But then, on Sunday, they'll be released to the public. So, once again, we will say it. 
Enjoy the view from the open shutters. But don't fall out the window. Goodbye until next week, everyone.